are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. If you have your Bible, open to the book of Daniel. Chapter number one, I want you to read with me. Don't read out loud, but just follow along. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Verse number five, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. I want to preach tonight for a few hours on this subject, if you don't mind. I want to preach on this subject tonight. Step right up. Step right up. It's time tonight to step right up. The children of Judah were taken into captivity because they had fallen into idolatry. They had turned away from the one true God and they were taken away because of their idolatry, their disobedience to God. I stand here tonight to this great church and to this great conference and I want to say tonight that we too as Americans, we too as Christians in this nation, I would pray that we would not turn to the false idols and the false, the false gods of this land today. And so today I want to preach on this subject, step right up. It's time to step right up. Father, I pray now that you'll bless in these few moments of time together. Lord, I thank you for your goodness to me. Lord, I look back at what you've done over my life, and I can't say thank you enough. And Lord, as I've been amongst this great crowd, and Lord, everywhere I go, people are so kind and friendly. And, and Lord, we just have a great time. It's been good to, to see people that I know and remember and love. And, and then, Lord, the new folks that I've met, it's just been an incredible time. And Lord, I would pray now that you would bless us. Bless them, Lord, as they get ready to go back to their churches, to their youth departments, to their cities. And dear God, I would pray that every one of them would experience the mighty touch of God upon their life. And dear God, I pray tonight that I would not be a vessel in vain. But Lord, I pray that I'd be a vessel unto honor for your honor, for your glory. And Lord, I desire not your glory, but Lord, I do desire your power tonight. I would pray that you'd help me as I deliver what you've placed upon my heart and upon my life. I thank you so much, dear Jesus, for loving me. I'm unworthy and undeserving, but thank God you saved me. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. I love you. Thanks for coming. 
I almost said I love every stinking one of you, but <clears throat> I was a youth pastor for a long time, and I was able to stay like you do. I was able to stay a lot of nights in hotel rooms with teenagers, so I can say I love every stinking one of you. Amen. <laughs> I'm so glad to see you tonight. I want to preach on this topic tonight. It's time to step right up. In our passage of Scripture tonight, we have found that the children of Judah were taken away into the land of Babylon. If you take your Bible now and go to the book of Daniel, chapter number 3, the Bible says in verse number 1, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to, to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And then a herald cried aloud to you, it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at one time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music you fold down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, flute, harp sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and all the languages fell down. I'm sorry, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Number one tonight, I want you to look at verse number eight. I want to present to you first point tonight. Step right up. It's time, number one, to step out. It's time to step out. I see some young men here tonight that stepped out. You see, look at verse number eight. The Bible says, wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, satbuck, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Verse number 12 in the Bible says, And there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Number one tonight, I want to say it's time to step out. These young men stepped out because they were prepared to die. These young men stepped out because they were prepared to die. I ask you tonight, are you prepared to die? Can you step out tonight because you're prepared to die? These young men knew who they served. They knew who was God of gods and King of kings and the Lord of lords. They were able to step out because they were ready to die. I ask you tonight, young person, are you ready to die? Can I tell you tonight that there is no guarantee for anybody in this room tonight that you'll be able to face tomorrow. There is no guarantee that you're going to live to face another day. Am I right about that? There's no guarantee tonight that you're going to be able to face another week. There's no guarantee that you're going to be able to get home tomorrow. There's no guarantee. And these young men stepped out because they were prepared to die. I remember it was on October the 13th, 1970. My mother had gotten sick and she had been with cancer since 1968. I 
remember those days when she had gone through those treatments and she had gone through that surgery and I remember well those times and I remember at the close of her life how she used to try to get up out of that sick bed and she would try to run around the house and say today's the day that I'm going to get better I'll never forget that time as a little young man as a little boy and I never forget on October the 4th 1970 at about 2 o'clock in the morning I was woken up in my, from my sleep and my dad tapped me on the shoulder and he said Mark mom, your mom has gone home to be with Jesus I know my mom was prepared to die because she had somebody living on the inside his name is Jesus I, I ask you tonight in this great conference are you prepared to die are you prepared do you know 100% for sure that if it's your time to go that you're heaven bound I remember October 13th I was up in my bunk bed I was reading my Bible and I was, I was reading my Bible the Holy Spirit of God mm, yeah ha, the Holy Spirit of God began to move upon my heart and I'll never forget it I remember coming off that bunk bed my dad had just come home for visitation I ran out to him I said dad I said today's the day that I gotta get this thing settled I gotta be ready to die I gotta be ready to go home I gotta be ready to get on with my life for Jesus sake and that night October the 13th 1970 I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ can I say that day since that day I'm prepared to die oh my dear friend tonight I wonder who it is in the house you've not made that decision yet to prepare to die I wonder who it is in the house that you're still holding on you're still waiting maybe there's somebody in the house that you're just thinking if I can just get home I don't have to listen to any more preaching I don't have to listen to any more preachers I don't have to listen to any more conviction from the Holy Spirit of God but I wonder who it is in the house tonight that you're not prepared to die if you were to die right now you're not 100% sure that you'd go to heaven can I say that it'll be the best thing that'll ever happen to you when you put Jesus Christ inside your life can I say he's the best thing that ever happened to me my friend I say tonight who it is who it is in this house you're not prepared to die hey can I tell you there's no guarantee there's no guarantee that you'll face tomorrow my nephew was 34 years of age 2017 August the 23rd 2017 he was on his way to work in St. Louis and he stepped out of his automobile at the age of 34 and at the age of 34 he just fell over out of his car and into the concrete onto that slab right there onto that parking lot at the age of 34 everybody thought that he was perfectly fine everybody thought that he was perfectly healthy but he had a blood clot that traveled and it took his life and even he came to even in the in the ambulance but when he got to the hospital at the age of 34 it suddenly came and he was gone but can I say that he was already prepared to die he put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ can I say my friend aren't you glad if you're here tonight you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ it's the best thing that'll ever happen to you my friend because you're prepared to die these young men were prepared to die because they were serving the God of gods the king of kings they knew who he was they knew who he was they knew what he was going to do they knew this God I wonder today who is in the house tonight you're not sure you're not 100% sure don't leave this house if there's ever been a place if there's ever been a time I'm coming down if there's ever been a time that you can put your trust in Christ it's in a place like this my friend who is it? Who is it? 
This morning I was stopped by a young lady. I won't call her name out, but I wrote her name down yesterday or the day before, and I told her that I'd be praying for her every week of my life. I'll put her name down. I told her that I would pray for her. She told me that the, this morning she passed me in the hallway and asked me to sign her Bible. And I said, okay, I'll be glad to do that. And I signed her Bible, and then she said to me, she said, my friend came. I invited my friend to this conference. She said, last night after church, I think, I think I'm getting the story right, but she said, after church last night in our hotel room, I had, she wanted to bow her head and trust Jesus Christ as her Savior. I say, thank God somebody can get saved in this house today. I wonder who it is. Maybe you've been doubting. Maybe you've been putting it off. Maybe you look good. Maybe you look sharp. Maybe you look like you're saved. But I wonder, my friend, who it is in this house tonight that needs to trust Christ as their Savior. Are you prepared to die? He was 13 years of age. He came to our Christian school. He was one of the most promising athletes ever to come. 13 years of age. 13 years of age. His parents had gone away for the weekend. His cousins, I believe it was his cousins, came to pick him up. They took him out of town and when they came back they had picked up some alcohol. 13 years of age. 13 years of age, they began to drink that alcohol. That little 13-year-old boy didn't know how to handle it. I don't believe he had ever drunk before. Drank before, I don't think he'd ever had it before. That little 13-year-old boy, they just kept putting it in and putting it in and putting it in. And that morning, they found him. They found him dead in the driveway at the age of 13. I say, my dear friends, today it is possible for us to leave this place. It is possible that tomorrow may never be seen. It is possible that there won't be a next week. And I say, my dear friend, would you please listen? Would you please tonight, if it's you, would you please put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? I ask you tonight, are you prepared to die? These young men, they stepped out because they were prepared to die. I say, oh, my dear friends, how many of you tonight, how many of you tonight know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're happy about it, could you say amen? amen? As a testimony to the grace of God. I don't know about you, my dear friends, but every time, ever since I've been saved, God's been good to me. God's been good. Oh, in my life, I've been blessed beyond my wildest dreams. Oh, when I go to sleep each night, though I've had my share of hard times, I wouldn't change them if I could, cause through it all, God's been good, hallelujah, God's been good. I want you to know tonight, if you're here without Christ, he'll be good to you. Matter of fact, he's so good to you that he brought you to a conference like this. He's so good to you that he wants you to get saved. He's so good that he'll love you like nobody ever loved you. He's so good to you that you'll never experience it like that ever again. But Jesus loves you tonight, my friend. I wonder who it is that would step out and say, I need to be saved. Step out. I need to be saved. Secondly, I want you to notice verse number 13. Not only step out, be prepared to die because you're saved. Look at verse number 13, if you will. The Bible says, Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you not serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? I want to say, secondly, not only step out, they were prepared to die. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Here come point number two. 
Oh, it's pretty amazing when you get excited about your own preaching. Amen. Step number one, step out. They were prepared to die. Number two, I say step up. They were prepared to live. Step out. They were prepared to die. They step up now because they are prepared to live. Look at verse number 14. The Bible says, 15, the Bible says, Now, if ye be ready, that at that what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast into the same hour, into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Yes, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Meshach, and Azariah answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. I wonder today, is it time for us to stand up? Is it time for us to step up? Because we're not careful to answer the world in this matter. It doesn't matter who comes after us. It doesn't matter who comes against us. But we're going to say, we're standing up in this day and hour, in this generation. I say tonight, my dear friends, this is a day and hour when we look upon the faces of some beautiful people. I'm saying today, would you say, dear God, this is the day, this is the moment, this is the hour that I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to stand up for Jesus. I'm going to step up. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be that one for Jesus. I wonder who it is. I'm begging you tonight. I'm begging you tonight, teenager. I'm begging you tonight, youth worker. I'm begging you throughout the house. I'm begging you on the internet. Would you say that tonight's tonight? That I'm going to step out. That I'm going to step up. I'm going to be willing to live. I'm ready to live. Let me say something to you. Let me say something to you, my friends. When you get Jesus, when you get Jesus and you get Jesus and you get the Holy Spirit of God filling your life, can I say today, you can take a stand in any day and any hour in the face of any adversary. I'm telling you, my dear friends, today, today is that day. Today is that moment. Today is that hour. How many believe that you and I live in some weird and wicked days? Can you say amen? amen. We live in some weird and wicked days. We've never seen it like this, at least in my generation. In our state where I'm from, we, it is amazing what's going on, Brother Trevor. It's amazing what's happening in our state. In our state, we just now are getting ready to pass the law where you can have an abortion at the end of nine months, and that will go into law on January 1st, 2020. It was just signed. I say, my dear friends, abortion's always been wrong. But what in the world's going on with this world today, my dear friends? There's no care for life. Let me tell you something. Nobody has the right to play God. Hallelujah. Not only that, but in the same hour, the same week, the same time, they just now passed another law in our state that marijuana is going to become legal. I say, my dear friends, today, nobody has a problem with it anymore. Nobody has a problem with drugs. Nobody has a problem with that addiction. I'm saying, my dear friends, today, if there's ever been a time, if there's ever been a day when somebody needs to step out and step up and say, I'm going to be ready to live. I'm going to stand for Jesus Christ in this day and hour. Who would it be? Who would it be? Maybe there's a young man. Maybe there's a young lady tonight. Tonight would be that night for you where you would say, tonight's the night. Tonight's that night that I'm going to step out. I'm going to stand up for Jesus. I'm going to step up. My dear friends, can I, can I say tonight, without being too negative, but we're living in a dark hour. We're living in a dark hour. But the darker the night, the darker the night, the darker the night, 100,000 points. Darker the night. Darker the night. 
100,000 points. Oh, hey, hey, darker than night. Hey, hey, now, let me say something to my dear friends today. No matter where we go, when it's dark, when it's dark, the light of Jesus Christ will shine. Hallelujah. The light of Jesus Christ will shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. It's time for somebody in the dark day to... This is about to collapse, amen. In this dark day, it's time to shine, amen. It's time to shine. I have a friend that I've just met the last couple of years, Brother Trevor. We've become pretty close. I admire this man. He told me his testimony. He came to one of our chapels, and he gave our kids this testimony. And he said that he grew up in the ghettos of Chicago. And when he grew up in the ghettos of Chicago, he was a, a very... Poor boy because his mom and dad divorced at a young age when he was very young. His dad was a Muslim and he lives in the city of Chicago, a very wealthy man. His grandpa was a Muslim, a very wealthy man. But he and his mom and family, they lived without their dad. And this boy grew up in the poor, in the poor area of Chicago, in the ghetto. And then one day, somebody came by, and they said, hey, boy, he was about 14, I think, maybe 15 years of age, and they said, would you like to ride a Sunday school bus tomorrow? He said, what in the world is a Sunday school bus? Hey, man. They said, well, we're going to come right through here. We're starting a brand new route in this area, and we're trying to get 30 people to ride this bus, and if we get 30 people to ride this bus, this guy right here is going to swallow a goldfish. Anybody been there before? He's going to swallow a goldfish. That boy said, well, I don't know about anything. He said, but I'm going to go and find and watch this guy swallow a goldfish. From what I understand, they didn't meet 30, but he still swallowed the goldfish. Amen. So he said, that little boy went to school, went to, to, to Sunday school, went to church, and it wasn't long that he put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah for that. He was stepping out. He was saying, I, I want to be prepared to die. He said, I want to be prepared to die. He went on to camp a little time after that. As he went off to camp, the preacher got up and he began to preach. The preacher got up and he said, it's time to carry your Bible to the, to the school that you go to. It's time to take a stand in the school you go to. It's time to go back to that school and make a difference. I say, my dear friends today, I don't care if you go to Christian school, public school, home school. It's time to take a stand. Hallelujah. He said, okay. He went back to, the, he went back to his school. He carried his Bible. While he was at camp, he was called to preach. If I got the story right, he was called to preach while he was at that camp. When he got back home, he picked up his Bible and he carried it to that public school. He went into one of the guy's classes and this teacher had a unique way of presenting himself. He was an exciting teacher. He was full of energy and he just brought it on to the kids and they, they loved all that energy. All the kids come to class that day. This man sat up here on his stool, and he's looking out at the young people. He said, we're going to do something a little bit different today. He said, we're going to have us a little debate. He said, I want to ask this question. How many in the house here believe it's okay for the gays to be in the military? 50% of them raised their hand. 50% of them did not raise their hand. He said, how many of you don't think it's good? It's wrong for the gays to be in the military. The other 50% raised their hand. They put them all down. That man began to lecture. That man began to debate. At the end of the class, he got up and he said, now, how many of you think it's okay for gays to be in the military? Everybody in that class, class raised their hand, except that 14 or 15-year-old young man with his Bible in his hand. He didn't raise his hand. 
And then he said, how many of you believe that it's wrong to have gays in the military? That one young man just come to Jesus Christ, just called to preach, just taking his Bible to school, raised his hand all by himself. As he left class that day, they began to mock him a little bit and make fun of him a little bit. They came back the next day to that class, and here it is. The man's stool is up here. All the people are out here. That teacher stood up there, and he's, he said, oh, we're going to do something different today. We're going to have another debate. He said, I want to ask this question. How many of you believe it's wrong to have an abortion? 50% of the hands went high. They believe it's okay to have an abortion. He said, how many of you believe it's wrong to have an abortion? 50% of the hand raised their hand. He went ahead and debated them again at the end of the class. He said, now, how many of you think it's okay to have an abortion? 99.9% raised their hand. Uh, he said, how many of you believe it's wrong to have an abortion? This young man, all by himself, newly saved, uh, newly surrendered, Bible in his hand, uh, holds up his hand uh, and says, I believe it's wrong to have an abortion. He just got saved. Uh, he's stepping up. Uh, he's standing out, my dear friend. He said, I believe it's wrong. The, the next time, the next day they came to class, this time when they came to class, everybody was out here in their seats. There was the teacher's stool there. But as they came in, there was one more stool back here. All the class came in, and the young man came in carrying his Bible. The teacher told that young man, you won't sit out there today. This is your seat up here. And so the teacher turned around and faced that young man, and the entire class faced that young man and made a shame out of him. Can I say, if you're living for Jesus, you'll never really be ashamed, amen. He took a shame for Jesus. He walked out that door. He walked out that classroom. As he walked out, he was discouraged. People began to mock him, and he had never been through like anything like this before. People began to mock him, and people began to make fun of him, and people began to, began to poke at him. That young man went home that day after school. He took that little gift Bible that he had. He was up in his room. He took that Bible and he opened it up and he threw it against the wall as hard as he could. And that Bible came trickling down the, the wall. The pages began to fall out of it. And then he said these words to God. He said, dear God, I didn't sign up for this. This isn't what I expected. I didn't sign up for this. You can have it. I don't want it. I never expected this. I didn't sign up to do this. This is too much for me. A couple hours passed by. There was a knock on the door. The mom called up and said, hey, your youth pastor and pastor are here. That young man went down the stairs and he saw his youth pastor and his pastor. They looked at him and they just said these words. They said, we want you to know how proud of you we are. We want to say thank God what he's done in your life. We want you to know how proud we are of you. Keep standing for Jesus. Keep living for God. We love you. Man, it's worth every mile. It's worth it all. We're so glad to see you. Keep at it. Keep loving God. Stay strong. Stay at it. That little boy... 14, 15 years of age, ran back and picked up his Bible. He began to put those pages back in. They had a word of prayer with him. He went and put that Bible under his arm. About 11 o'clock, 11.30 at night, he was hungry for some food. Amen for some food. Some of you getting hungry right now, amen. Getting hungry for some food. He went down to a place called White Castle. Anybody ever heard of White Castle? You could eat like 20 of them in about one minute. White Castle, he went down to the White Castle. He's standing there in line with his Bible in hand. There's a man in front of him that turned around and looked at him. When he turned around and looked at him, this guy recognized who he was. This man that turned around looked at him and he said, man, he said, what that teacher's doing to you in class just ain't right. 
He said, what that man is doing to you just isn't fair. He said, man, that ain't right. That young man standing there said, man, I know who this is. His name was Bones. His name was Bones. Bones was the leader in that public school of the Latin Kings. He was the man. He was the man that was in charge of the Latin Kings in that public school. He turns around and looks at that young man and says, man, what that teacher's doing to you isn't right. That young man and that, that guy got to talking. He said, Bones, what are you doing here? And Bones said, my brother just got shot. He's over here at the hospital. He's about to die. As he's about to die, he said, I couldn't take it anymore. He said, I had to get out of there. He said, I got to get out of there. And I had to come over here and give me something to eat. There's Bones, the head of the Latin Kings, right there in White Castle, standing right in front of that young man. And that young man had the wisdom and the power, knowing what he had just done in his life. But he looked at that man and he said, Bones, let me ask you a question. If that were you standing in that hospital, if that were you in that hospital today about to die, where would you go when you die, Bones? That began to penetrate on Bones' heart. Bones and that young man went back to a little corner. That man took that Bible that he had just thrown against the wall. He opened up the scriptures and he led Bones to Christ right there in the White Castle. He led that man to Christ. They went back up to the line. I believe I got the story right. And Bones bought that guy some food. Amen. Bones bought his meal. Sure enough, the next time they came back to school, I think it was on a Monday, as they came back to school, sure enough, there it was. All of the seats out there for the students. All of the seats out there. The seat here for the teacher pointed this way. And there it was, his seat up there. Everybody was out there. That young man came into that room. That young man looked at the crowd, looking like he knew what was in store for him. As he looked up and he saw all the crowd, he saw the teacher in the place. And not only did he see the teacher in place, but he looked up and he saw his chair. His chair was empty, but guess what? Right beside his chair, there was another chair that was filled. Guess who was sitting in that chair? Anybody got an idea? I can't hear you, what was his name? His name was Bones. Bones sat up there with that young man and they began to take a stand for Christ in that public school. And sure enough, the next time they came back in, there were more chairs on that platform. There were more chairs facing out. As they got there, there were 10 to 15 more chairs facing out. All of a sudden, a revival began to break out in that public school and many teachers and many students began to get saved. All because somebody that wanted to quit. All because somebody thought it was too difficult. All because somebody said, I'm gonna step up, I'm gonna step up for the cause of Christ. I say, my dear friends today, who is it today? Who is it? Who is it in this house? It's, oh God, would you please help me? Would you please help me to stand? Can I say, everybody, it's time to stand in our generation. I mean, things are getting pretty weird, but I'm saying today with Jesus Christ, we can stand, hallelujah. We go door knocking in our city. I don't know how it is in your city, but we go door knocking. I walked up to one door and I was heading up to the sidewalk and I noticed a strange looking sign on the door. As I, I got up there, I locked my eyes on that sign. It said this, we worship Satan at this house. We are pagan. If you are a Christian, you will be killed and your blood sacrificed to Satan. That was in my town. That was in our place. That was in our city. Because I'm saying today, my dear friends, somebody in this day and hour has to stand up and say, dear God, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to step up. I'm going to stand out. I want to be somebody that can be counted for, for God. This Saturday, I haven't even announced it to my church yet, but this Saturday in our city, 
at the public library, the ages from three to eight years of age are going to have an open reading by a well-known sodomite from the United States. From three ages, three to the ages of eight, they're going to have an open public reading by this sodomite, and they've made it known. I'm going to go down to that public library this coming Saturday. I'm going to say, my dear friends, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to be obnoxious. I'm just going to show up and let them know that Jesus still reigns. Hallelujah. I'm saying today, my dear friends, how far, how bad does it have to get before we say we've had enough? I wonder how much, my dear friends, today, I wonder if there's anybody in the house anymore that has a tear on their heart, a tear in their eye that says, I'm going to stand. I can't take this anymore. I've got to get to my knees. I've got to get to the power of God. I've got to get to God. I'm going to help out. I'm going to take a stand. I wonder who it is. Hey, my dear friends, at this youth conference tonight, it's time to step right up, my dear friend, time to step right up. People say when you become a Christian, you miss out. We're missing out on the good life according to men of degree. We're missing out on life's normal pleasures by standards of worldly beliefs. They say we're too narrow. We should learn to just let go. We're all missing out somehow. But when I think of their claims and the pleasures they name, well, I'll admit I've missed out. I've missed out on the heartache of living my life in sin. I've missed out on the sorrow of facing the world without him. And I have no regrets for things that I've missed. Because down deep in my heart, the truth was and is, every day that I live, I thank God for what I've missed, my dear friend. I wonder who it is today that would say, I want to step out. I want to step up. Now I want you to notice, lastly, look at chapter 3 and verse number 17. Anybody still in the house having an all right time? How many all right loving Jesus? Amen. Verse number 17. The Bible says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. I don't think anybody in this house has come up against a burning, fiery furnace yet. If so be, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They were willing to step out because they were prepared to die. They were willing to step up and be separated because they were willing to live. I say thirdly, it was time for them to step in because they were willing to let God decide. They were willing to let God decide. Can I say, my dear friends, tonight, this is a place that not very many people get. This is a place not very many people can make it to. Oh, sure, you can come to Christ and you can be saved. Yes, you can take a stand and, be, and take a stand for God. But now it's time to step in. I wonder, my dear friends, who it is. It's time to step in. You see, this is the point of our lives where we take the rein off of telling God what to do. This is where we take our hands off the horse's reins and say, Dear God, where you lead me, I'll follow. Whatever you do with me, I'll do. Wherever you take me, I'll go. Whatever you decide to do with my life, it is yours. It is my will no longer. It is your will that I seek. It is you, dear God. It is your will. It is your will. Have what you want. Do what you want with my life. It is now that I say, dear God, it's yours. It's yours to control. This is a place not very many people come. It's a place not very many people make it. Because it's a hard thing to say, dear God, I can't do it my way any longer. 
It's not going to be my will any longer. You do whatever you want with me. You take me wherever you want me to go. You do with me whatever you want me to do. I'm willing, dear God. I'm willing, dear God, to be that one. I'll step up. I'll stand out. I'll be that one. It was in the land of India. Assam, India. It was back in the 18th century. It was during the times when there was the great revival that was taking place and hundreds of thousands of people were getting saved. And as they were getting saved, a missionary went to a little village. And as he went to that little village, the, the tribe chief came out and he brought that man's family out there and he said, I hear that you're telling my people that the only way to get to heaven is to have Jesus as your savior. And he said, yes it is, that's true. And he said, will you recant? Will you bow out because that's really not the way? And that man said, no, I can't. I will not recant, I will not. And that man, they said, are you sure? He said, yes, I'm sure, I will not recant. Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth and the life. They brought out that man's two children. As they brought out that man's two children, that chief said, are you willing to recant? If not, you will watch your children die before your very eyes. He said, I cannot recant. And they took those two children. And that man, from what I'm told, he wrote these words. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. And they took that arrow and they pierced it through those two children and took their lives. And they held that man and they said, are you sure that you're not gonna recant? Are you sure you believe what you believe? Are you sure you're gonna keep telling the people that Jesus is the only way? He said, I'm sure. They brought out that man's wife. And they said, if you don't recant, You'll see her die just like you saw your children die. And these are the words that he said. He said, though no one join me, still I will follow. Though no one join me, still I will follow. Though no one join me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. And they came to him one more time. And they said, are you sure that Jesus is the only way? Are you sure what you're preaching to my people is the only way, the truth, and the life? And he said, I'm absolutely sure. And they said, if you don't recant, we're going to take your life just like we took theirs. And then he said these words. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back. I say, my dear friends, this is a day, an hour when we need to step out. I wonder if there's somebody you've never been saved. Don't wait another moment. Don't wait another moment. Don't wait another day. Don't wait another hour. There's no guarantee. But now is the day of salvation to be saved. Would you get saved tonight? Please, we love you. God loves you. Accept him as your savior. He loves you more than you'll ever know. I'm wondering tonight, I'm wondering tonight who it is that's willing to step in. Say, God, no longer my will. I'll do whatever you want. I'll be the one. I'll be the one. I'll be the one. I don't know if you've heard, but in America, we're still blessed. Amen. I love America. Amen. 
she's been good to me, amen. But all across the world, Brother Trevor, I've been told that there's more persecution now than there's ever been around the world. We just don't hear it like we should hear it. I just heard a preacher in our church say that over in, Niger over in Nigeria, they just burned down 900 churches that came against Christianity. They burned 900 churches down, and the, the Muslim extremists took, took the credit for it. They burned down 900 churches. Just the news that I received today, in the same area in Nigeria, 50 people from a church were fleeing for their lives, and they found, their, they found themselves in the preacher's home, and 50 Christians perished. They came to that house and burned all of those Christians just recently. In Pakistan, there was a little teenage girl. She loved Jesus with all of her heart. She wanted to live for him. She had stepped out and she had been saved. She had stepped up and she was taking a stand. And now she was stepping in. She went to that prayer meeting. I believe it was on a Wednesday night. And she went to that service on that Wednesday night. And as she went to that service, she had such a good time. And as she came out, there were a group of teenagers that were standing there waiting for her. And they began to push that little girl, shove that little girl, and push that little girl while they laughed. And she was starting to get nervous about what they were doing. And they began to push her. All of a sudden, they knocked her down, and then they began to kick her, and they began to kick her as they made fun of her, and they laughed, all because she was a Christian, all because she had just come out of that prayer meeting, a little teenage girl, and they laughed, and they mocked, and they began to beat that little girl, and then someone had a gas can, and they took a gas can, and they began to pour a little gas on that girl as they kicked her and beat her and mocked her and laughed at her. And then someone took a match and they struck it on that little girl and that little girl's body began to go up in flames while they laughed and mocked, while they made fun of this little girl. Okay, where's your Jesus now? Where's your Jesus now? And they kicked her and they hit her. And they began to burn her. That man with the gas tank took more gas and poured it over that little girl and it just consumed her little body. And that little teenage girl, somewhere along her life, she had to say the world behind me, the cross before me. Somewhere along the line, she had to say, I'll stand for Jesus. I'm going to stand for Jesus even if it takes my very life. I'll stand for him. I wonder who it is tonight that would be willing to say, tonight I step in. I step in. Jesus, you can, you can have all of me. You can have all of me. Would you say it tonight? Jesus, you can have everything. You can have my cell phone, you can have my computer, you can have my heart, you can have my life, you can take everything. I am yours, do with me whatever you want. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. A lot of people turning back today. Can you make it final tonight? Can you say, I don't care if the world comes against me. Though no one join me, still I will follow. Hey, maybe nobody in your youth group is going to join you, but you're going to follow. Maybe nobody in your public school is going to join you, but you're going to follow. Though no one join me, 
Still I will follow, though no one join me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Do you love him tonight? The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to ask the first question. If you will, be as still as you can. If you're going to come to the altar, move quickly and quietly. But I want to ask tonight, who would it be in this house that you say, Pastor Mark, tonight's the night that I got to get this settled. Tonight's the night that I'm signing up for the family of God. Tonight's the night that I'm signing up. I want to I have Jesus as my Savior. I'm stepping out. I want to be saved tonight. Is there somebody in the house tonight that you would say, Pastor Mark, that's me. Here's my hand. Nobody's looking around. Who would say, Pastor Mark, I'm, I'm tired of playing the games like Brother Brown said. I'm, I don't want to play any more games. Here's my hand. Anybody there? There's one, there's one here. There's a, a, a young lady here. Um, there's another one here there's one here there's one here there's there's one back here who would say tonight that's me Pastor Mark I'm tired of playing games tonight I'm stepping out I'm making it final I'm making my decision that I'm going to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior who is it tonight is there anybody else in the house you say Pastor Mark that's me here's my hand would you pray for me it's me it's me it's me I want to do that tonight I want to be saved no more games no more doubts and no more fears I want to be saved tonight here's my hand can I see your hand anybody there's another one right here there's another there's another one right here four rows back four rows back third girl four right Right there, brother. Right, the four rows, five, two, three, four, five rows back, third girl in. Anybody else? You say, Pastor Mark, I, I want to be saved. Tonight's my night. Who is this? Somebody in the balcony. You say, Tonight's my night. I'm getting this thing settled once and for all. I'm going to step out. I'm going to be saved. I want Jesus to be my king. I want to be ready to die. I want to be ready to die. I want to be ready for eternity. Here's my hand. Anybody else while we're waiting? Here's another one right here. Anybody can help me right here? Here's another hand right here. God bless you. Somebody else, you say, Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night I, I want to be saved. I, I'm tired of messing around. I've been a phony. I've been a fake. I, I want to make Jesus my Savior. Where are you? Anybody else? Would you raise your hand? You say, Pastor Mark, that's me. That's me. I want to be saved tonight. That's me, Pastor Mark. I want to be saved. Anybody else? Another hand. Anybody else? Say, Pastor Mark, anybody in the balcony? Anybody on the sides? Pastor Mark, I, I want to be saved. Tonight's my night. I, I want to make this decision for God. I, I want to trust him. I want him to be my savior. Secondly, I want to ask you tonight, how many would say this, Pastor Mark, tonight, I feel that God has a special purpose for my life. I know he has a special purpose for everybody, but I'm going to talk to the men first. I want to ask you men in this audience today, is there a young man that would say, tonight's the night that I say, dear God, you can take me, you can break me, you can make me, you can mold me into your vessel. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I want to be that man. I want to be that man. You say, I want to be called, maybe you're called to preach, maybe God's tugging on you. Tonight's that night. Would you come right now? Would you come right now if you say, I want to be that man?
that steps out. I want to be the preacher. I believe God's calling me to be a preacher. Is there anybody here like that? Would you raise your hand? Any young man? There's one. There's two. Come on down here. Come on up here, if you will. Come this way. Anybody else say, I want to, I believe God's calling me to preach. I believe God's using this. I believe God wants me to be saved. Here's, uh, I want to be called to preach. Here's my hand. I want to be called to preach. I believe God's got a call in my life to preach the gospel. How many, anybody else anymore? Any young men? There's one up there. God bless you. Come on down, my friend. Anybody else? You see, tonight's the night God's asking me to go all in. I'm willing to give my all. I'm willing to give him everything I have. I'm willing to give him my life. He can do whatever he wants with me. I say tonight, how many girls, how many young ladies in this house would say, Pastor Mark, by standing to my feet, I, I tell God tonight that he can have my life with no holding back. Here's my life like that little like that little teenage girl in Pakistan. You're a young lady and you say, I want to, I want to give God my all. I will not turn back. I'm going to give my all. Young ladies, if that's you, would you stand? And would you make your way to this altar? Would you come to the altar? I want to pray with you, if you will. You say, I'm, giving, I'm going all in. I'm going all in for God. He can have my life 100%. I'm all in. He can do with me whatever he wants. He can have my life. I give him my all. He can have it. He can take me. He can break me. He can mold me. He can use me. I give him my life. No holding back. I will not turn back. Tonight's the night. Then how many young men in the house? Girls are still coming. But how many men in this house tonight would say, I don't know if God's calling me to preach. I don't know what God's doing in my life, but I am going to come forward tonight. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to say to God that he can have me. He can have 100% of me. I'm all in. No questions asked. He can take me. He can do with me what he wants. I want all the young men that say, that's me tonight. Would you stand to your feet? Would you stand to your feet? Young men, you say, I'm all in for God. I'm all in for God. Where are the young men? We need some young men tonight that would say, I'm all in for God. Would you come and down and just pray? And I want everybody to come and stay here that's saying, I'm all in tonight. No holding back. His will is my will. Would you come and I want to have a prayer with you. All those that are saying all the young men, not called to preach but you say I'm all in. I'm willing to do whatever God wants to do with my life. I'm all in. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.